Hey friends, I have one thing to ask of you before this podcast begins. My heart behind my podcast is for it to touch as many women as possible so that they can grow in their faith and know that they are not alone on their journey to heaven. I can't do this without your help. So I want to encourage you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share today's episode with just one friend who you think would grow by listening to today's conversation. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a wife, college student, and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday and Thursday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this, girl. Hello, Leah, and welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here and to chat about hormones, the woman cycle, and all those types of things. So welcome. Thanks for having me. I can talk about menstrual cycles all day long, so right up my alley. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be a fun conversation um, and just very educational for us women out here. Yeah. So um, before we dive in, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Leah Brueggemann. I'm a certified functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner, which is just a like literally just throw up of words. <laughs> um, but basically means it's I'm a functional practitioner. I I, I think of myself as a health detective. Um, so I like to look at your health and a very holistic picture instead of just like, oh, you have a headache, like let's find a holistic remedy for that. You know, it's instead I want to be like, okay, well, what's causing the headache? And then let's dig deeper into like why that's so I like to really put all of the pieces together. And I specifically work with women and hormones because I um, I had a horrible, horrible periods growing up. And my mom just always told me that was, you know, to prepare your body for labor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thankfully, um, that's not true. Like you don't have to have painful periods. You don't have to have like horrible periods, period cramps, mm-hmm. you know, all the PMS, like all those things that women just go, oh, that's just part of being a wom- woman. It sucks to be a woman. It's just yeah. like how it is, is so not true. And I think that it's such a disservice to women to just be like, no, it's just it's just a curse if you have horrible periods. Sorry. It's like, no, there's so many things you can do for that. And I didn't know that growing up. And so when I stumbled upon that and started learning more about that, I was like, well, everybody needs to know this because, I mean, I was one of the women that would be throwing up on my period. Like, can't go into work because like I'm puking. So I like that was very debilitating. You know, if you have to, yeah. you know, call in sick, be like, sorry, can't come in. <laughs> like, why do you get sick every month? <laughs> yeah, like, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I got started. Um, I was diagnosed with fibroadenomas, which are benign breast tumors. And so that really just like catapulted me into like, okay, why do I have these? You know, because the only option was surgery. You can get them removed. I'm like, well, what if they come back? (laughs) Um, It was like, oh, let's get another surgery. That sounds like a lot of money. So that's what started me. Um, And then I went on to become a functional practitioner and I've helped hundreds and hundreds of women um, 
balance their hormones naturally. So I love talking about hormones. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Great to know. Thank you for sharing your background. That's super helpful. And just even that, I mean, you've experienced, you know, the painful periods firsthand as you mentioned so many women have mine, I mean, typically aren't terrible. Um, obviously currently pregnant as we're recording this. So, um, haven't had to do that for a while, which is weird. I was just thinking about that the other day. (laughs) Save money on those tampons. Yeah, literally. Um, so yeah, what got you started about hormones? I know you kind of talked about it, but, um, was there something that kind of sparked, like, I want to be an advocate for speaking about hormones? Not so I actually blame this on my friend and I tell her this. I'm like, you're the reason why I do this. And she goes, I am. (laughs) You should pay me. (laughs) Um, So I started when I started tracking my cycle. This is what, um, so when I was diagnosed with fibroadenomas, that started me into understanding like what's going on with my health. And I started working with doctors and practitioners and naturopaths and I mean, my periods and hormones were screwy. Like I would have a cycle um, that would be 30 days and then 90 days, 100 days. Like they were so irregular and they would just knock me out when they came. And so when I went on this quest for my fibroadenomas, I was very focused on my fibroadenomas. And unfortunately, unfortunately, so were my doctors. And so it was very much like, oh, this is going to cure your fibroadenomas. And nobody asked me about my cycles. Nobody asked me about my periods. Um And so about a year and a half to two years into this journey, I started tracking my cycle. Um, And I was totally the person that was like, thought that your cycle was your period. Like that was it. I was just like, your period is the whole cycle. And then you just kind of go into no man's land until you have a period again. But that's not true. Your menstrual cycle is this cyclical thing from period to period. Your period is a part of your menstrual cycle. And so when I started tracking, I was like, oh, I don't ovulate. this is the issue because I never would get a sustained temporize. And when I did ovulate, um, my progesterone was so low, I would have never been able to sustain a pregnancy. And this is what started me on the hormones because I was like, well, I want to have a baby. (laughs) So like, um, we got to fix this progesterone issue. And that is when I kind of just like threw off everything. And I started just hitting the books and started looking into some really big names in this, like Dr. Jolene Brighton is one, um, Elisa VT is another, Dr. Laura Brighton, like all of these big names in women's health and was like, let me read your books because people put their best stuff in books. So you yeah. gotta, you gotta get like, look at the books, look at the studies. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started working on just nourishing my body with food, started using food to support my cycle, um, started like bringing in all of these different things that were just, how do we nourish your body from the ground up versus like try and like, oh, you have estrogen dominance, let's treat it. Oh, you have period cramps. Let's like take a remedy for period cramps. Um, so it was very holistic. Um, and I I had my first painless period and I, I wasn't even going after a painless period. I was going after um, bringing my progesterone up because that's yeah. what's my concern. Um, and so that was, I was like, oh my gosh, I had a painless period. That's so weird. Like what, what is this? What is this? And I started talking about it yeah. and I was just like, I think everybody should learn about their cycles. And my friend's like, could you host a free a challenge on understanding your cycle. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I can do that. So on social media, like I hosted that and it just went, (laughs) 
And all these women were like, I need this information. And that's how I started talking about it and advocating for it. Um, And then I went on to become a functional practitioner. That's cool. I love how, I mean, I just think our most passionate work is when it comes back to our own personal experiences, right? Like, yes, you know, for you of like, you walked through this and so you can, you know, approach each woman who comes to you who needs help of like, you know, you can be like, I was exactly in your shoes. You know, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what that was like. Um, And I also love the holistic view of it too, of, you know, like, yeah, like how you mentioned that the doctor sometimes just your cycle doesn't, doesn't matter, quote unquote. Right. Mm -hmm. No, that's typically what causes a lot of things to go wrong or is the source of things of identifying things in a woman's body because our hormones with one, one, when one's out of sync, they're all, they can all be wonky. Um, Have you ever considered starting a side hustle? What could an extra $100 a month do for you? Or even an extra 250 a month or $500 a month? It could cover your groceries or gas or even be used on some much needed self-care. In addition to Abundantly Yours, I'm also a clean beauty advocate and there are a few reasons why. I don't just love their products. I love their story and all that they stand for. Crunchy is founded by Christian women who stand for holistic living and healthy lifestyles. Maybe you've already tried the products but want to make some extra money by sharing them with your friends. Or maybe you haven't even tried the products, but you want to dive in deep, share your entire journey from the beginning, and help others make a switch to clean beauty? Here are some of my favorite things about this clean beauty gig. Number one, helping women clean up their beauty routines and reduce the amount of toxins in their lifestyle. Number two, residual income potential. I make commission on all customer reorders, even if they don't use my link after the first time. 20 to 40% commission. Number four, Team building is 100% optional, which means you don't have to sign other advocates up underneath of you to make any money. And number six, teaming up with like-minded women. The link to join my team of incredible Christian women is in the episode description. If you are ready to join the movement and advocate for 100% clean and non-toxic beauty products, join me as a clean beauty advocate. If you're not ready to make money with Crunchy yet, but would just love to make the switch to non-toxic products, you can also shop via the link in my description. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for you to join me on the clean living journey. And so as we kind of keep talking about like the cycle and our, you know, our periods and all those things, right? What are the four phases of our cycle? Um, and what can they tell you about energy and mood? And mm. yeah, I, okay. I'm excited to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so you do have four phases of your cycle. Um, we're going to go through them and we'll kind of like, I'm going to name them and then we'll kind of like backtrack as like what they mean. So you have your period or menstruation, which, you know, you're bleeding. I feel like that's, you know, that's hopefully (laughs) Um, you should be bleeding anywhere from three to seven days on your period. Um, You should be having that deep wine red or cherry red. Um, You shouldn't be having a lot of clots, anything like that. Um, And then you head into your follicular phase. So if you think about that follicle getting ready to release the egg, that's where the name follicular phase comes from. And this is, this is the phase that determines the length of your cycle. Some women have really long follicular phases, so they'll have a longer cycle. Some women have short follicular phases. It just kind of depends on you. And then you head into your ovulatory phase. So you know this is starting when you start producing cervical mucus. That tells you ovulation's coming up. And 
and this is this is the shortest. <laughs> it's like for some women, it can be like three or four days. For some women, this phase can be like seven days. It just kind of depends. Ovulatory phase, you're going to ovulate. That follicle is going to release the egg. And then after ovulation, you head in what is called your luteal phase. And this is um, called the luteal phase because when that follicle releases the egg, when you ovulate, that follicle forms what's called the corpus luteum, which is producing your progesterone luteum, luteal phase. So you can kind of remember them that way. This is your longest phase. So it should be, it should be 12 to 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I say should be because some women have luteal phase insufficiency where they don't have enough progesterone or it's not strong enough and yeah. it will be lower than 12 days. Um, it can't go past like 17. So if you actually ovulated, you confirmed ovulation, and you are sitting on like day 17 or 18, you can take a pregnancy test or you can just, you know, know you're pregnant (laughs) because it it can't be longer than that. So if you have successfully ovulated, um, then it can't come any later than that, which is why I'm such a big advocate for understanding and tracking your cycle because you're never guessing when your period is. Like I hear all the time women are like, my period's late. I don't know where my period is. And it's like, no, your period is not late. Like it can't physically be late because if it's late, like you're pregnant. (laughs) Like that's just how it is. Um, But ovulation can get delayed. Ovulation can get delayed due to stress, due to lack of nutrients, due to thyroid issues. Like so many things can delay ovulation. So a lot of times what happens is ovulation gets delayed. You're just tracking your cycle on your handy dandy period app and it's following an algorithm. Like you aren't actively tracking it. You're just like, I have my period on the 28th. Okay. You know, 29 days from that, I should have my period on this day. If you are just doing that, like you aren't actually tracking your cycle. You are just following this period app algorithm, which doesn't take into account like if your ovulation got delayed. So it will be like your period is late and then you start going, why is my period late? Like what's going wrong? What's wrong with me? Like what's wrong with my health? And it's like, no, ovulation got delayed. Um, I think that's really important to kind of like just understand is that ovulation is the main event of your cycle. It is what brings your period. It's what brings your period. Um, And we do have women that will have what's called withdrawal bleeds. A lot of times we see this with PCOS. Um, So it mimics a period. It comes regularly and they are not ovulating, which is why we don't call it a period because by definition, it needs to have an ovulation before it. So, and this, again, this is where using your cycle as a diagnostic tool is so helpful because when you start tracking, you would know this. If, for example, you're trying to get pregnant, you're like, why am I not getting pregnant? I have a regular cycle. Like I have a regular bleed. Turns out you just aren't ovulating. I get a lot of clients with that. Um, So those are the four phases, okay? So now you can like biohack your way because each phase has its own rise and fall of hormones. Now I'm going to talk about these in a phase, like in a cycle of a very hormone balanced woman. So like if you are not hormonally balanced and you're like, I definitely don't feel that way. That's probably why, okay? So like when you get everything working together, this is how your cycle should flow. Um, So when you're in your when you're on your period, it is the start of a new cycle. It is the start of something new, but it's also the wrap up of a cycle, you know, it's like the ending. And I love this time to look back and reflect in journal, right? 
what went well, what didn't go well. Um, you are naturally just more, um, like a deeper thinker during this time, you tend to just get more into your thoughts. So definitely don't make any big life decisions on your period. Just don't do that. Know that you're going to be more judgmental of yourself. And so like, if all these things are coming up, put them out on paper, write them out. How did things go? What would you like to change this next cycle? But don't take your period personally. If you just know like this is my period, I am going to be like harder on myself. Mm -hmm. You can kind of sit a little bit more back. Um, I'm not saying that that's easy, but sometimes understanding that can be helpful. Yeah. And then when you are done with your period, you're done bleeding, you head into your follicular phase. I like to think about this as spring. So this is when estrogen is rising. And so estrogen, I like to call your Beyonce hormone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you feel, you literally feel better about yourself. Okay. Because estrogen, everyone likes to give estrogen a bad rap, but estrogen makes your lips fuller. Like it literally makes you feel prettier. You're like, ooh. Why am I glowing? Oh, I'm in my follicular phase. Hello, estrogen. So we love estrogen. We just, you know, like it in moderation. So um, follicular phase, you're the most creative. You actually are more sociable. So if you're ever one of those people that you're like, oh, I just want to go out on a coffee date with so-and-so. And and then two weeks from then, you're just like, why on earth did I schedule that coffee date? (laughs) You probably scheduled it in your follicular phase, right? So this is a great time to like push your workouts, to do networking, to go out and be sociable, like plan. If you're like someone that is not very sociable, great time to plan it. You're going to be much more committed to following through. Yeah. It's a great time to dream big. It's a great time to plan projects. It's just when all that creative juices are just flowing. Um, And then as you head into your um, ovulatory phase, this is, again, estrogen is going to be at its peak but so is testosterone and for you. And so women, if like you ever have to have tough conversations, if you need to ask for a raise, you need to have a confrontation, you need to do, I don't know, whatever it is, <laughs> ovulatory phase. Like you literally are more gutsy during that time. Thank you, testosterone. <laughs> um, it's also a time when you're more empathetic. Communication mm-hmm. skills are at their highest. So again, if you are in, you need to do networking, public speaking, great time to schedule podcast interviews. Unfortunately, like I'm postpartum, so I am cycleless at this time. <laughs> Otherwise, I would say schedule those podcast interviews yep. during your ovulation phase. Um, ovulation phase is typically the time when you should feel fabulous. Um, if you have issues detoxing your hormones, liver, congestion, anything like that, women will be like, I break out. I get angry. I get tired. It's like, okay, red flags, red flags. Um, and then during your luteal phase, this is, again, I wouldn't make life decisions during your luteal phase, but think about luteal phase as like a mini nesting period. Okay. So even though our hormones do so many other things besides get you pregnant, like their primary role, they're thinking pregnancy, right? And so if you get pregnant on ovulation, at ovulation, like that's kind of that nesting period, okay, when that egg is implanting. So even though you may totally not be pregnant and you're not trying to get pregnant, like that's still how your body is thinking about that phase, right? And so 
a lot of women, they're like, great time to deep clean your closet. Great time to do the back end on your work. Great time to write that research paper. Great time to do all those boring like organizational tasks because you are just much more inclined to follow through and finish them during that time. So maybe in your follicular phase, you're going to plan. I don't know why research papers are on my mind. You're going to plan your research paper. Yep. And then in that ovulatory phase, maybe you have to do interviews or talk to people or whatever. And then luteal phase, you sit down, you crank that thing out, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it's also a time when you may not be as sociable, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's give yourself grace. Like, don't get so frustrated with it. If you have to do social events during that time, maybe just know that you're going to need a little bit more time to recharge, a little bit more time for self-care, a little bit more time to, like, just give your body some love there. And if you have hormonal imbalances, I will tell you that this is your most hated phase. So if you're like someone who has PMS, bloating, you get angry, you get anxiety, um, you just feel like you want to kill everybody during this phase, um, you get really moody, um, you feel like you want to eat your pantry, red flags, red flags. You should have a fabulous, wonderful luteal phase. Um, but that's kind of the cycle phases broken down and what you can expect from them. I love that. You did so well at doing that. Even like, it just like, as you were going through it, it just remembered, like, it took me back to when I was learning charting my cycle. Yeah. Um, and like, oh yeah, like, this is all so familiar. Like, I love this. And you're just explaining yeah. it so well. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's so cool that, like, as I'm preparing for birth, I'm yes. learning more about, you know, the beauty of our bodies and what they were created to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, how stinking incredible is it that we can work with these four phases of one cycle um, and plan out our lives to optimize how you know optimize and work with our home hormones instead of working against them you know like i need to get this i mean sometimes we don't have the choice to write the research paper during a certain phase if we get this signed on monday and do wednesday <laughs> right <laughs> unfortunately right but if we do have that you know that flexibility of like okay i know where i'm at like this is why I feel this way. And that's okay. Like, yes. this is why I feel like I just want to, you know, rest and sit on the couch, or this is the reason why I'm like, Neh, or this is why I'm so energized. Like, it's so cool that we can, you know, work yeah. with our body instead of against it. Cause then when we can work with it, then we come to appreciate the beauty yes. of it. And I believe that that's truly your superpower at that yeah. point, right? You know, instead of just like, oh, I hope that I'm going to have the energy juices to do whatever next week. It's like, no, you know where you are in your cycle. You yeah. know how to prepare yourself. Yeah. You know what to expect. Yes. And I also wanted to kind of, I know you mentioned like the beginning about, you know, like using an app to oh, track yeah. our period, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I did that when I very first got, yeah. you know, my cycle. Um, but then, yeah, it would be like, later you know like it would be like late mm -hmm. compared to what the algorithm you know says yeah. and it's like okay what like you know but it's like as I started um charting and I was also an athlete at that point so my body was going through more stress and yeah. work than it did after I stopped doing mm -hmm. sports and so I can look back at my chart from um later in high school and I was um learning to chart and then when I moved to college and obviously was not an athlete at that point and just seeing how my cycles change and it's like how I can see the consistency mm -hmm. and know like and count the days of like, okay, my period will be coming like either this day or this day. And if it's not, then, 
you know, like there's yeah. no, right. It's so, so I think it's so cool. It's like, whether you're married or engaged or even single, whatever stage of life, like tracking your cycle is It's a diagnostic tool. Like it's literally a diagnostic tool. I know everyone always thinks like immediately when I say track your cycle, they're like, I'm not trying to get pregnant, Leah. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) It tells you (laughs) so much about your health. And it's so beautiful in the sense of like, as a single woman, it was so cool to be like, like I am ovulating. Like, you know, like this is a good thing to know. And we should be able to have that confidence. Yeah. Um, And I always like to kind of just share my sister had some, she started um, learning her cycle because she was having some issues with consistent periods and those types mm-hmm. of things. So she knew something was wrong. Yeah. And so she started learning her cycle. And through that, she was able to identify these issues and, you know, go to a NAPRO doctor mm-hmm. and find out what was wrong long before she was even married. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, I mean, my sisters, we all learned it as we were single um, mm-hmm. and wanting to just know our cycle. So that way, when we are married, we do know what's happening. And we can confidently yeah. bring that and share that with our husbands of, you know, mm-hmm. this is my body and this is what, you know, we get to decide when I'm fertile or not, all the things, right? But like, it's just so cool. I I do really think that, see, I, I, because I'm on the other end, you know, like I am the practitioner now, so I do yep. see the women with the fertility struggles and yeah. it's so it's so crazy because they will have been trying to get pregnant for a couple years or even just a year and they start to seek help. And it's sometimes it's as simple as not that it's simple that you're not ovulating like that. We have to figure out why you're not ovulating, but sometimes they're having a regular bleed, but they're not ovulating. Well, that's why you're not getting pregnant. And it's like, if we had been tracking that, you know, before you were married, that's something you could have been proactive about. Um, which I, I get it, you know, like I, my brother's girlfriend (laughs) was talking to her the other day and she was like, oh yeah, like, I guess like whatever I get engaged, like I'll have to like, I don't know, fix my hormonal issues or something. But it's like, if they're not, I don't know, there is, when you're not in that stage of like, I guess, married life, sometimes it just seems easier to just, I don't have to pay attention if your hormonal issues are not affecting your day-to-day life. Yes. So I don't know. I I, I think that I see where you're coming from. You think that it's so far off. I don't need to do anything about it now. But at the same time, it's like starting now will save you so much grief later on. Yes, absolutely. Um, And you don't have to go – I mean, like you have to go all in. But Mm -hmm. like I just started, you know, Creighton. That's like I think probably one of the simplest – methods I think of charting um and so it's like I just started with that and it's like I know there are other mm-hmm. methods I do have another episode out about charting and all the different types um but I'm not a pro in this by any means but um I mean if it's something you want to do like it's it's a great thing you know mm-hmm. um and it is really empowering so yeah it is. yeah I see it both ways too like there's part of like there was like a year span between like being an athlete and like I started learning and I was like, I can't do this trying to play volleyball. And, you know, like in basketball, it's like you're sweaty and gross and you don't have the time to check, you know, when you're going to the bathroom. And Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, I took, I did take a, you know, a a span of time off. And then after I, you know, was done with sports, I'm like, I really do want to start back into this again, Mm -hmm. just for my own knowledge. And so it's like, you know, if you have the energy and you want to do it, do it. Um, But yeah, especially if you are getting married, please, please do it. (laughs) 
Yeah, just I I truly I literally just advocate cycle tracking from a health standpoint. I'm just like you could literally be single and like not dating, not even remotely dating, and Mm -hmm. I still think you should track your cycle. Yep. I do too. (laughs) I do too. I think tracking I don't know, like we said, just so empowering and knowing what's actually happening. Do you have an upcoming Catholic wedding in your calendar? A wedding invitation hanging on your fridge? or even an upcoming wedding shower? Are you wanting to gift them something meaningful that will have a positive impact on your marriage? Look no further, I've created the perfect gift. My bride and groom rosary set is so, so perfect for the Catholic wedding you have coming up. Use code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. The link is in the show description. So as we keep talking about, you know, the whole hormones and things, how do minerals come into play with affecting our home, our hormones in everyday life? I cannot talk today. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, so remember when you said when one hormone is off, like a lot of hormones are off because they affect so many things. Yep. Minerals affect your hormones. Minerals are your spark plugs. Mm. So hormones, even though I love talking about them, are... Mm farther downstream Mm -hmm. so like if you have hormonal issues there is something going on upstream that's affecting your hormones hormonal issues are not a root cause um what is going on above them is affecting the hormones so you need to go farther upstream Mm -hmm. and one of the massive things are minerals minerals are your spark plugs i love minerals so um I do what's called the hair mineral analysis uh, test with a lot of my clients. So we'll see like mineral levels and how minerals react because all of your minerals have these ratios together. So you'll have like your hormonal ratio, your thyroid ratio, your metabolism ratio. Um, And when you think about minerals, I I don't know what what people think about, but like I used to think about like salt. (laughs) Like that was it. Like minerals, it's salt and you don't really worry about anything else. But you actually have these minerals that are affecting, for example, like how well your thyroid hormone is being utilized, right? So like your thyroid hormone could, your thyroid could be producing everything that it needs to, but you have every symptom under the sun of hypothyroidism, but your doctor's like, your labs are normal. That's because it's not actually a thyroid issue here. It's a mineral issue because Maybe you are so stressed that your potassium is so low and potassium sensitizes your cell to your thyroid hormone. And so like whenever somebody has like stress or thyroid issues or hormonal issues, I'm like, let's look at your minerals because minerals are those little spark plugs. And if we don't have adequate minerals, your hormones... They just can't do what they need to do, right? You're going to be struggling with mood. You're going to be struggling with anxiety. You're going to be struggling with um, maybe depression. You can't lose weight. You know, you have painful periods. We have to look at those minerals. So that's why I love minerals. But I'm going to – you can't just like randomly supplement with minerals because they're very – it's very important that they work synergistically together. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, a common one that I see people do when they're sick is they take zinc right? Mm -hmm. They'll just like take a ton of zinc and they'll take a ton of vitamin C. Well, zinc and vitamin C push out copper. Now, let's just say you maybe potentially have like hidden copper toxicity or maybe your copper levels aren't 
optimal. When you start pushing up those levels of zinc and vitamin C, it's affecting your copper levels. And then you may get other symptoms that crop up, even though you're like, I wasn't taking a copper supplement. I wasn't messing with that. I shouldn't have those symptoms. So they all work together, which is why it's important to not just like willy nilly pull out like supplements because you can you can unintentionally affect other things. But there are two to three minerals that I think are very generalized. Most women can find through their food to start supporting their body. Okay. So when you're looking at minerals, you have four main ones. You have calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. Okay. Calcium, we're not going to mess with that one. You really need to, you need a test. (laughs) You need to know what's going on there. Um, Magnesium is something that actually 78% of the women are deficient in, in the U.S., that's a lot, right? When you're deficient in magnesium, you have symptoms of noise sensitivity, PMS symptoms, painful period cramps, thyroid issues. Magnesium is your relaxation mineral. So now we see the connection there. So um, you don't necessarily have to jump right on down the train of getting a magnesium supplement. Um, You could do things um, topically. Like I love topical magnesium creams. Um, that's really good. I also really love like doing a magnesium bath. That's another great way to get it in. Um, leafy greens are high in magnesium. Raw cacao is high in magnesium. So chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, ever wonder why we crave chocolate around your period? Um, <laughs> so those are some easy ways to get that one in. Mm-hmm. And then another one that we see is sodium. Sodium sensitizes your cells to the other minerals, which means it helps your body utilize the rest of your minerals. And sodium also affects your stomach acid level. So it helps pull in nutrients from your food. And you don't have to jump down the rabbit hole of uh, starting with a sodium. You, you're, you're, if you have a good quality salt, like Celtic sea salt or Redmond's real salt, that's a great option. Mm -hmm. I don't like pink salt. It's very high in heavy metals. Um, I don't like iodinized like table salt because it's stripped of all its nutrients. So that's just plain like bad for you. Um, But if you have like a good quality Celtic sea salt, that's very high in minerals. Sprinkle that on your food, put a little pinch in your water. Um, That's a great option. And then potassium is your stress mineral. The more stressed you are, the more depleted potassium is. I don't think I've ever ran a test on anybody that didn't need potassium, like ever. And I've run a lot of labs. And that's because like as a society, we're just stressed, right? And even if you say you're not stressed, you probably are. You're just gotten used to being stressed that that is your new normal. (laughs) Yep. Um, So getting in potassium-rich foods every single day, and I would argue every single meal is so important. And I know as soon as I say that, people are like, I don't want to eat bananas every day avocados, stinging nettle tea, coconut water, um, trying to think of some others, spinach um, are all really great. So, you know, coconut water is a great one. It's great for hydration, high in potassium. I also um, really love stinging nettle tea. That's another, those are really, really high in it. Parsley is really, really high in it. So those are just some ways that you can start supporting your minerals without even taking a supplement. You're just, because again, supplements, testing, be a little, be a little um, wonky there, but start with um, 
you can start with your food. Mm-hmm. And another food-based um, support is what I like to call an adrenal cocktail. Now, this can be an issue if you have blood sugar issues. So I will say be careful with the amount of orange juice that you use in this and always take it with a meal. Um, if you are a diabetic and you can't do any of what I'm about to talk about, um, Jigsaw like is a great brand that has an adrenal cocktail powder that has like no sugar. So that can be useful. But an adrenal cocktail has all of the nutrients needed to support your adrenals, like potassium, vitamin C, and sodium. Those are what you need to help your adrenals function. And we are, as a society, just go, 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 and being like, come on, adrenals, just keep up with me. So loving on your adrenals can be a great way to support your hormones. And so I like five ounces of orange juice, freshly squeezed orange juice. And then I'll do um, two ounces of something that's high in fat. So I love coconut milk, full-fat coconut milk, because that's high in fat, high in potassium. Um, if you can handle dairy, I like raw milk there. That can be useful. And then I will do a half a teaspoon of cream of tartar, high in potassium, and I will do a fourth to half a teaspoon of Celtic sea salt. Blend that all up. It basically tastes like, tastes like a creamsicle. Um, just pair it with a meal, and it's a great way to support your adrenals. Mm. So good. So many great informational things through all of that of just like, I mean, I didn't know any of that. So I'm just sitting here like, whoa, interesting. Like it is. And it's so cool. Um, I mean, I don't know. Our bodies are just incredible. Like I know I've said that, but just the way that every little bitty thing (laughs) works together, you know, like it's just, I don't know, mind blowing to me, I guess, of just like when one thing is off, it can trigger so much. Yes. Uh, and it can be something super small that we don't even realize, which is why reaching out and getting help <laughs> is great. Yeah. Um, and finding, you know, someone who approaches like, you know, these situations with that holistic mm-hmm. viewpoint yeah. and not just what's the band-aid I can use to cover up this problem, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So what are some simple day-to-day activities for supporting your hormones for better quality life? So adrenal cocktail, I would do that. Um, I would start seed cycling. So seed cycling is um, using food to support um, the rise and fall of your hormones. So it's one tablespoon of pumpkin seeds, one tablespoon of flax seeds from your period to ovulation every single day. Buy them whole, buy them organic, and grind them up before you're eating them or grind them for the week. Um, They go rancid much faster ground, so that's why I buy them whole. And then once you ovulate, switch to sesame and sunflower every single day from your ovulation to your period. So pumpkin and flax seeds are high in lignans. They're high in zinc. So this helps with egg quality and this helps with estrogen. So it will help support the rise of estrogen if needed. It will help support the detoxification of estrogen as needed. It's an adaptogen to your estrogen. Um, And then afterwards, sesame and sunflower are really high in manganese. They're high in vitamin E. They're high in soluble fiber. They're high in um, omega-3, which helps um, so bring out soluble fiber binds to that estrogen so you can poop that out. And then also it helps magnesium is going to help relaxation. So it's going to help with PMS. Um, vitamin E helps with progesterone again. So it's going to help with those period issues. And omega-3s have been shown to help lower 
prostaglandins, which are what cause period cramps and primary dysmenorrhea. Mm. So I would start with seed cycling. Um, if you're allergic, you know, just don't eat them. I know everyone's like, if I'm allergic, like, what can I do? I'm like, there's really just not a sub for seed cycling. So if you can do it, great. If you can't yeah. do it, like, it's just a part of the puzzle piece. But I do love it. It's so simple, you know, so easy. Just yeah. sprinkle some seeds. Um, so adrenal cocktail, seed cycling, and bouncing your blood sugar. So if I could just um, get everybody to do one thing for the rest of their life, it would be to balance their blood sugar because blood sugar has been linked to mood issues, um, mental health issues. It affects your cravings. So it's because you feel like you need to eat all the food or you get really cranky or you get really anxious after eating. It's not your willpower. It's probably your blood sugar. Okay. And blood sugar is for so much more than just type one and type two diabetics. Um, so balancing blood sugar means that you want to flatline that glucose, um, spike throughout the day. You want to get it as flatlined as possible. So that looks like plating your food, manually balancing your blood sugar. So think about half your plate being veggies, a quarter fat and protein, and then a, um, sorry, half your plate veggies, a quarter protein, a quarter fat and carb. Um, and that is a really nice way. So think about that with breakfast, lunch, and dinner and your snacks. So like, instead of just grabbing a piece of fruit, maybe have a piece of fruit with a hard boiled egg or a piece of fruit with some nuts. Um, breakfast is your most important. The more you can keep breakfast stable, it has been shown to affect your blood sugar spikes more uh, efficiently throughout the day. So I typically have my clients aim for 30 to 40 grams of protein with breakfast. It's a great way to start that day nice and balanced. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are great. Just, I mean, three things we can start with and attacking one at a time, you know, just as you said, start one, one. And once you get that, you know, turned into a a habit, right. (laughs) A consistent thing we can do then just going, I mean, sometimes I think like, yeah, I'm going to go all in. And then sometimes I just get too overwhelmed. And so it's like, you know, pick one of these three, you know, little pointers she shared, um, and just take that and like, okay, I'll start here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can keep, you know, doing more. Um, and if yeah. you want to go all in and if you have the, the ambition and if you can be consistent with it, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I personally would fall off the track too soon. Um, so as we kind of finish talking about, you know, the hormones yeah. and all these things, feel free to share about any resources you have, how women can work with you, um, and any, you know, where people can follow you if you have social media or a website or things like that. Yeah, so I have a podcast, uh, Balancing Hormones Naturally, which is all about hormones. <laughs> and um, I do bring on some awesome um, – we brought on some naturopaths, some doctors, um, some physical therapists. So it's a very cool resource. Um, it's built upon each other. So if you start with episode one um, – you learn as you go. So that's a great resource. I'm on all the social medias. Um, Leah, L-E-H underscore B-R-U-E-G. So TikTok, Instagram, I don't know, wherever I guess social media is. Um, and I, I put out a lot of trainings on there. So I, I'm not sure. Um, I know we talked about when this aired, so I don't know if I have anything open for them to work with me. But um, if you come follow me on one of the platforms there, if we have any openings for clients or one of our programs or anything like that, um, we always announce them on there. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. So the last question I like to ask uh, also before I get to that question, I will have her um, information in the description box as I always do, but wanted to say that before I dive into this. So what is one piece of advice that you want every young Catholic woman to know? This can relate to the topic or it can be something different. (laughs) It's loaded. I know, but 
It's my favorite question. <laughs> I looked at that and I was like sitting there and I'm like, I don't know the answer to this question. I have so many things that I would like them to know. Um, so I think it kind of depends on maybe your upbringing um, in like what kind of circle you were being brought up in. But something that I see a lot um, with young Catholic women is that they just kind of put their life on standstill because they want to get married mm-hmm. and they just like wait. Like, they're just like, I'm going to nanny until I find somebody. I'm going to, like, work at a library until I find somebody. And if you're calling in life, you really want to be a nanny. Like, that brings you so much joy. Then this is not for you. (laughs) But, like, I just don't think that you should put your life on hold to wait. Because the more you learn, the more – the education, you're growing your mind, you're preparing yourself for that person that you're going to meet. And I just I just don't think that you should sit and wait around because the end goal is to get married. I think that you should keep growing and learning so that you're enjoying that journey instead of just like, oh, life is horrible because I want to be married and I'm not married. It's like, no, like, what do you want to do? Like, great. And I know. I, I see that so many times and they're like, oh, I don't want to go into that field because the end goal is I want to get married and I want to stay home with my kids. And so like if I you know, find somebody halfway through that, then like that was pointless. It's like, no, you are cultivating your mind. You yeah. are growing as a person. You're learning new skills, which will always serve you later on in life. So I would just say don't put your life on hold. Um, like enjoy that journey of learning and um, growing as a person because that will make you a better future spouse in the long run. Yes. Amen to that. Totally. Like the season of singlehood is used to prepare ourselves for, you know, like the vocation of marriage, if that's what the Lord is calling us to. Right. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. It's not easy to hear. I remember hearing that as a single woman of like, the Lord is preparing you to meet your spouse. And it's like, yeah, but like, can I just meet him now? But it's like, no, like he's shaping yeah. us to meet them and be prepared yeah. to meet them. So great piece of advice. I love that. Yeah, um, so yeah, thank you for joining me today and for sharing all of this knowledge. I'm so blown away and oh, so good. So thank you for joining me. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Hey girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would be so thankful if you could head on over to subscribe and leave me a review. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.